Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, NCAA champion, professional swimmer, Cal alum, Amy Bilquist. Amy, what's up? How's it going? (laughs) I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. like from your Instagram, you took a pretty sick trip in your recent past. Tell me how Oregon was. Yeah, Oregon was really fun. It was kind of a last minute trip. um, And it was just a road trip, actually. So drove all the way to Oregon um, with my boyfriend, which is really fun. My brother actually lives in Portland. And I hardly ever see my brother. I see him like once or twice a year. So we stopped there and that was really fun, celebrated my birthday with him and then kind of just did a road trip through like the western and central part of Oregon. We hit Cannon Beach, Newport, we went to the Tillamook factory which was amazingly delicious. Um, We went to Detroit Lake, Bend, Crater Lake, um, Crane Prairie and then ended up driving back. It was, it was a long trip and it was all camping besides staying at my brother's place. So that was a different experience for me. I've hardly camped, but besides the showers being closed because of COVID, it went pretty well other than that. What? Yeah. So I, I feel like now when someone says, oh, I camped, there's like so many different levels. So tell me, tell me exactly like what amenities did you have? what where you know what what parts were hard about that uh y- you mentioned no showers or the showers were not in service yeah so i think we definitely novice campers mm-hmm. um we got the tent like a week before we left we borrowed a lot of really old camping stuff that had been in my parents garage for decades probably but it was really fun we we cooked all of our food, which was awesome. We kind of ate the same thing every day, but that's besides the point. Uh, we had a cooler. I mean, it was basically the basics. Um, since we were going from place to place so much, we were able to kind of stop every day, pick up the groceries we, we were going to need for that night and the next morning, and then do that again the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say our fire building skills really increased and got a lot better as we went through the trip. Yes, um, the first <laughs> the first couple of nights, you could tell the people next to us were very experienced campers. And after about five, 10 minutes of us really trying to start a fire, they'd come over and they'd start, they'd help us start it. Or they'd give us one of those like cheating logs that mm-hmm. basically lights forever. Yep. Um, but by the end of it, we actually set a pretty decent fire. Although that was the day we probably didn't need a fire because it was very hot, but <laughs> we were very proud of it. Um, and yeah, so very novice campers, but really trying to just like throw ourselves into that experience. Yeah. That, so I think, I feel like that's pretty useful info for a lot of people who might be taking more road trips than, uh, than, you know, airplane trips. Um, so I'm going to ask, I'm going to get a few more details out of you on that. What, what was the food you ate every day? You mentioned you would stop at the grocery store and then, you know, it was pretty basic I'm guessing, but yeah, tell us about what the diet was like on a road trip like that. Every morning was eggs, a piece of toast and the chicken apple sausages that are 
pretty much they're already cooked you just kind of have to heat them up so we cheated a little bit so that was Inter-Jazz. every single morning yeah no, oh yes Trader Joe's the best one um did that every morning lunches were kind of just sandwiches turkey bread and then at night we kind of just did chicken and uh, we tried asparagus one night we just kind of gave up on the veggies we thought that was too hard mm-hmm. um going forward it was just kind of chicken and then mashed potatoes which i didn't know these exist but mashed potatoes that are like powder form that you pour into a bowl then you put hot water on it and then it becomes mashed potatoes i was very impressed by this and uh, yeah that's pretty much what we ate every single day but it it was good yeah that and how long was this trip in total um i think it ended up being eight days nice Yes. That sounds like a very good getaway. And so were you, it sounds like there was potential for some hiking. Did you swim at all? Um, What was, you know, what was your fitness level like during those eight days? Um, For the most part, I mean, I wasn't really doing any practices or training. We were, had access to a lake um, and a body of water, like three out of those days. And I was just, I was honestly on my donut floaty most of the time. I was sculling a little bit, you know, trying to keep the feel, but I really just wanted to give myself that mental break and that escape. I wasn't really hiking. I am prone to dumb injuries. So we were really just trying to take that easy. We were definitely exploring, but not doing any crazy hikes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And um, no, it was really nice. I feel like the past couple months have been not only just hard um, just for your lifestyle, but hard for my swimming as well. Just it's mentally really exhausting training every day, knowing you have a big goal, but a lot of questions between where I am now and when that goal is supposed to happen. So being able to take that step back right now felt really nice. And um, it really helped me come back to the pool in a much better state of mind, really happy to go back to practice, energized, excited and positive. Nice. Are you, are you still in Arizona? I am. Okay. Nice. And so, so let's back it up a little further. Um, you know, tell me about what, what it has been like these last couple months since kind of quarantine began. Um, you know, where have you been in Arizona the whole time? What's, what's your status? What have you been doing? Um, so like backing it up all the way to the beginning of 2020, it was really interesting. I was in a kind of a hard position where, my knee needed surgery, but trials and the Olympics were so close. And I was like, you know what? I need to do this for my long-term health. Like I'll be able to hopefully recover in the time frame. The surgery happened. Time frame was a little longer than I expected, but um, I finally got back into shape. And I'm like that week, everything happened like quarantine, COVID, everything happened. So I kind of finally revamped and I was like, oh my gosh, I am never doing this again in my career. Like If I ever have to start from like a month and a half off, I don't think I can come back again. It's so hard. And then boom, month and a half off right again. And I, I, there was no access to pools around here. I was trying to swim in a lake for a little bit. It's very hot in Arizona. That's just like a really hard thing to maintain. And I ended up um, packing up here and driving to Modesto, California, where my parents are at and decided that I just, if I'm not going to be able to do anything here, I'd rather do nothing there <laughs> with them, you know, and uh, being a collegiate athlete, I'm sure a lot of people know you don't get a ton of time to see your family. So it was a really, really great opportunity for me to spend time with them and also find 
unusual and fun ways to work out. I had a rowing machine. I had a spin bike and California is a little better weather. It's not as hot. So you could do things outside. Whereas Arizona, you're working out outside for five minutes and you just rethink your entire life. <laughs> so um, that was really nice. And then once things started opening up um, here, I drove back pretty much as soon as I could so I could get back into a pool and I've been in the water since about mid-May-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so how was, how was the second getting back into shape? <laughs> it was actually, it wasn't as bad as the first one. Um, so that was really good. I think, I think it was also somewhat of a blessing. My knee wasn't really responding as well as I had wanted it to post-surgery and um, wasn't really healing uh, appropriately because I was trying to get back into the water so quickly because I was trying to gain my strength back, all of those things. So having that extra month and a half where it was just like take care of your body, all of that, it actually really helped me now be able to come back and not feel as much pain, if much at all, while I'm swimming now. So that, that was really good. Um, I think the second comeback was almost, it was comical. The first one I felt really rushed and stressed. I'm like, trials are X amount of days, X amount of days. I've got to get it together. And now it's just kind of like, oh my gosh, like I'm getting back in the water now. Who knows what's going to happen? Are we going to have access to a pool next week? I don't know. So while I'm here, let's just have fun with it. Yeah. Nice. Was, (laughs) uh, was there, did you have a favorite dry land activity of way of saying and shape that you had while you were out of the pool? Yes. So for anyone who's ever swam with me, I'm kind of infamous in being terrible upper body. Like my arms were never very strong. Like couldn't do a pull up at Cal for like a while. It was super embarrassing. Um, And it's really sad because I'm a, I'm a sprinter to some degree. And normally sprinters are really super strong. My legs are there, but my arms are always just like, we're too long. We don't want to. Um, So (laughs) we have this, a pergola in the backyard of my Modesto or where my parents live in Modesto and it's super old, super rocky, but I would put on my dad's like, um, like outside gloves and I would get up there and try to do pull-ups. And my main set was to do five sets of three in the day. Like I didn't have to do them all at the same time. I could do three sets in the morning, two sets at night, whatever it was. But I think that was my favorite exercise and like helped me build confidence throughout quarantine. You know, I, I knew I could keep my legs in shape, but it was what can, like, what can I do for my weakness right now? And for me, that was trying to do sets of push-ups and pull-ups. Did you say pergola? Yeah. Isn't that what they're called? It's, I don't know um, what that is. I know. I didn't know either until I was like, dad, what's that thing outside? He's like, it's a pergola. And I'm like, oh, what? But um, it's like a four, it's like four beams. Um, uh-huh. And then on top, it's just like open. It's not that shaded, but it's just beams of wood across it was pretty small okay um, but it was t- it was the perfect height were at full extension I was on my tiptoes so I didn't have to like touch my knees or anything which was really nice <laughs> oh that's perfect don't yeah. I, I love when the pull-up bar is just the right height I have never had that happen normally it's like my <laughs> knees are at a 90 degree angle and my <laughs> knees are still grazing the ground it's terrible <laughs> uh um so can you you can do a pull-up now right I can't I can do multiple pull-ups now (laughs) so (laughs) yes uh congrats did you did you you. did you catch flack for not being able to do a pull-up at cal oh yeah but like funny flack it was just kind of like oh amy's like doing pull-ups i mean for a while i could do a very very technically good pull-up with a band 
<laughs> but you take you take the band away and I was like flopping trying to get up there but uh, by my senior year and when I broke my foot I actually kind of made that my goal as well to really build up the upper body mm-hmm. so that's just the hardest thing for me to maintain if I don't do a pull up or don't do a set of pull-ups for a week it's really really hard for me to get that back gotcha so does that mean that you are a really good kicker in practice yeah on my on my back is probably uh, my best kick, yeah. Gotcha. What flutter, dolphin? I prefer flutter, but if I'm really trying to go fast, I'll dolphin on my back. Got what? What do you throw down on a hundred yard kick? Um, I think back last summer when I was only really kicking, I could go fifty eight uh, lows hundred back kick. Like just yeah, just repeats like over and mm-hmm. over. Yeah, I mean, not like tens of thousands of them, but like I could throw down a couple. I I remember we did a set, I did a set with Kevin, long course. It was eight 100s on two minutes best average kicking, and I was holding under 120s. So I was pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I, yeah, most people would uh, like to do that freestyle. So I'd say that's pretty good. Uh, Nice. All right. So you made it back to the pool. And, and you were just having fun with it. You, you did mention, you know, it's kind of, it, I think it's stressful for a lot of people just having so much uncertainty moving forward. Um, mm-hmm. But kind of tell me about the, the, those couple months back in the water before you took your break. Um, what kind of, were, were you doing anything really intense, really long or kind of keeping it short and just, you know, fun? You know, um, at the beginning I was, in a mentality where I was excited to be in the water, but I was like, okay, it's time to work. It's time to work. It's time to work. And I think that kind of um, burnt me out a little quicker than I would have anticipated. I was just kind of stressing myself out for no good reason. I was like, let's go, like, gotta get to work. Like there may be a meet next month, who knows? And eventually we were doing a good amount of distance, nothing crazy, but it was definitely more aerobic based practices, nothing. We weren't really doing any fast stuff at the time. Um, But when we first, started it was super super short because we didn't know really how it's going to work with how the lanes were set up I mean we had one person at each wall one person at a 15 mark on each side so we were spaced out but at the same time it's not really conducive for more than a 50 Mm -hmm. um, because if someone's going slow someone's going fast it's just it's a mess so eventually worked that out but we started short then moved on to a more aerobic side and as we've been moving forward, it's been just slightly more fast stuff. And actually, I was really lucky. Um, Allison Schmidt would come and train with me um, sometimes. And I think she really helped make it more positive, more light with, um, for me. It was nice to have someone who's also a professional that I was training with and who's also in the same boat um, and just being like, well, you know what? We're supposed to do 100 fast right now. Who knows what it's going to be? But like, let's go do it. Let's give it our best. And we were actually training really, really well together. And that was a, that was a really awesome time. And she helped me through that process. And I think now in my training, I'm definitely focusing more on racing, getting stronger, a lot of the quicker stuff. I think my aerobic base is where it needs to be. And now it's just about fine tuning my race skills again. Nice. That's awesome. I, I would imagine it's nice to have someone on your same page with you yeah. and also I've never heard anything but positivity from Allison Schmidt oh she's so awesome oh she's so I love her that's great um so so you just took a little break <clears throat> um let's 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 talk about you as a professional swimmer 
you have been leading some, I'm guessing they were dry land workouts. Yeah. Kind of awesome <laughs> yeah. if you leading swimming works. But uh, Work Like a Pro, tell me about your collaboration with them. So Work Like a Pro is really fun. It takes, a prof- or it takes two professional athletes from different sports, um, a lot of ran- like random sports, you know, different sports. There's climbers, there's track and field athletes, there's swimmers, there's basketball players, everything like that. And mm-hmm. what will happen is, one athlete will lead the first 20 minutes. So there'll be a baby water break. And then the next athlete will lead the next 20 minutes, but you're also doing what the other athletes doing. So my first one, I was with a, a sand volleyball player and, and um, we were deciding how we were going to run the workout. She's like, Oh, I'll take lower body. And I didn't think anything of it. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead. Take lower body. I'll do the upper body. Totally fine. And lower body for a sand volleyball player is different. That is hard. You know, they have these sand legs. She can lunge and squat for hours. And I was oh, like, sand legs. so sore at practice yeah. that night. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, but no, it, it was a really awesome experience. And then the second one I did, I worked with a WNBA player, mm-hmm. and uh, Christina Nigue. And we actually went to Cal together. We're the same year, became friends there. So that was, it was really awesome to connect. She was in the bubble at the time. So she was in her hotel room leading the workout, which was very interesting. But yeah, other than that, it's really fun. I also like watching the other ones and doing some of the other ones. And just to see, like you can, I feel like I'm at my peak fitness being an elite professional swimmer, but I can get my butt kicked by another professional athlete because that's just what they do. And whereas I could give them an upper body workout that could like be really, really hard for them. So it's just interesting to see that you can think you're this like peak fitness and then you try something new and it's like, whoa, 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 I'm a novice at this. <laughs> did, did your upper body workout kick their butts? Yeah, I think so. We both texted each other or I texted Erica, the volleyball player, the next day. I was like, my legs were shaking all practice. Like it was hard to get out of bed this morning. She's like, I lifted my arm for a serve and just didn't feel much. <laughs> she's like, it was so sore. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. We, we maybe went a little too hard, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, so if people want to, if, if people want to check these workouts out, where can they go to find them? Um, it's called work like a pro. They're on Instagram as well. It's W R K like a pro. So work without the O work like uh-huh. a pro. Uh-huh. Work without the O like mm-hmm. all right um i might have to check these out these sound like cool i mean if you're getting all kinds of workouts from different professional athletes that's a that's a really cool point that you know we're so used to swimming workouts but like mm-hmm. hey maybe try something else and yeah really bad at it <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's a good way to like um stay in shape in a fun way you know it's challenging it's something new and for me i love doing different things i feel really stale when i'm doing the same thing over and over and over again so that like different workout just as hard as it was it was really energizing as well yeah i mean i I feel like if quarantine has taught us anything it's that you know if if you're staying active no matter no matter what way it's probably going to be an improvement for what you're trying to accomplish, which, you know, in, in the swimming's case is swimming. Uh, right. Yeah. So, uh, you're an arena athlete as well. Um, you're sporting your arena gear. What, you know, as a professional, what has your relationship been like with arena? Um, you've been a pro year and a half now. Um, mm-hmm. tell me about, you know, being sponsored by a suit company obligations for them, the cool stuff you get at arena, um, what's yeah. it like? 
Um, so when I was first transitioning into a pro, I had only ever worn a certain brand of suit for a very long time. My high school team was that brand. My college team was that brand. And I just figured that's what worked for me. And I was like, I still want to try out other things. You know, this is a great opportunity to try. And I tried a couple other brands and I remember arena flying out and bringing me just a bag of suits. <laughs> and I was like, I've never seen this many fast suits except for when like our whole team has our fast suits out at once, you know? And I remember putting it on. I was like, this was easier to put on than I thought it was, which is really nice. Um, being my height, sometimes it's really awkward and uncomfortable to get in a certain tech suits because I feel like they're somewhat made for shorter people. I'm 6'3", so not the average swimmer height. And um, I remember getting in the pool and I was like, oh my gosh, this feels really, really good. And I was really excited about how I felt in the suit. I like a little bit of compression, but I don't like the super tight shoulders, which is um, which I get a lot for being so tall. It stretches the suit out and can pull down on my shoulders. So really trying that suit out. I loved it. And then I was like, okay, I really want to go with arena. Like what, what can we do to make this happen? And it actually worked perfectly in the fact that um, they were looking, they liked me. I liked them. It was, it was a good match. And I think as I've been an arena athlete, I've really fell in love more so with the company, which I think is awesome. Like I hear sometimes people, it's harder as the relationship goes on, but every day I'm like, Oh, I'm just so happy. I'm with arena. Like I love the, the staff there, the people who work there. They're really awesome. They're always, they're great. They're supportive. They'll send you good luck messages before you swim. They'll, whatever you need, it'll get to you when you need it. And, um, I, I just really love it. I'm so excited to be with them again this upcoming year. And, uh, yeah, I just literally can't say enough as a professional athlete. It's really cool when you come home some days and there's just a giant box of swim stuff outside your door. I mean, I was rotating in college through like five or six practice suits that would last me a year, two years, that kind of thing. But now it's like every couple months I have six new practice suits. So it's every day I'm like, which one do I wear? And I'll come on deck and my coach is like, is that another new suit? I'm like, Don't worry about it. It's so cute. Like, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's really, really awesome being um, an arena athlete. I, I absolutely love it. I think that is definitely one of the coolest parts of being a pro athlete mm -hmm. from a non-pro athlete's perspective is all the free stuff. Yeah, uh, it's awesome. It, it sounds really cool. And it sounds like, again, you're just doing a lot um, with being a pro athlete, which is awesome to see from an outsider's perspective. Um, do, you, do you feel like there have been other opportunities for you as a professional that you, you, you hadn't even realized were out there? Um, I would say so. I think something like work like a pro, I would have never thought that I could be a part of that. You know, it's as a swimmer, I think there's such a stereotypical what a professional swimmer is or what a professional swimmer was in the past. You know, there aren't, or there historically hasn't been that many professional swimmers. It's pretty much you swim throughout your co collegiate career. If you're going to win a gold medal, you kind of keep going type of thing. So it's, it's really nice now that there's more opportunities. ISL, when I was thinking about becoming a professional my senior year, ISL wasn't even a thing yet. So having that opportunity to do ISL um, was absolutely amazing. And have, getting to travel, meet new people, being on a team again, stuff like that has been um, really awesome. And then just different brands reaching out. Um, I was in talks with Cross Kicks, which is like a water shoe that I was hiking with a lot in Oregon. 
And I didn't know I would ever need a water shoe in my life again, but I was in that shoe 24 seven on my trip. So just finding out different brands, meeting new people as a professional athlete has probably been one of my favorite parts of it. Uh, you mentioned ISL tell take, let, let's, let's get a few highlights from that first season. Um, like you said, you know, when you were coming out of college, that wasn't even a thing. What was it? What were your first, uh, what was your first impression of ISL even before maybe you thought you would be on a team? Yeah, I remember I was hearing like whispers about it, like right after NCs, it's kind of, it all kind of happened right after NCs. And I was like, International Swim League, like, what is this? I was hearing really good things about it. And I was hearing some swimmers that were super apprehensive about it. And I didn't really know what it was until um, the G- some GM started reaching out. And then you learn more and more information that way. Mm-hmm. Pretty much right from the source was the best sort of information. Because from like third parties and people around me, it was just a lot of different um, opinions <laughs> on it. <laughs> so it was really nice to like hear the facts. And I loved it. Once I found out about it, I I was like, I want to be on a team so badly. Like someone put me on your team and then deciding what team I was going to be on from that was really fun. And choosing LA was awesome. I was with a lot of my Cal teammates were, I mean, Katie and I were like, we're never going to swim together again. No, like Frida and I were like, we're never going to be on a relay. No, we were were relay buddies. We loved it. But now like, that past year was super awesome to be on a team again. And especially a team with so many people that I had been on a team with, but thought that opportunity was gone. So that was um, really nice. What for you, what was the, the highlight of that ISL season? I think um, really the U S Derby was a really, really fun meet for LA in general. I think we really hit our stride in that meet. And I think we all came I mean, it's, it was hard with ISL because you all met each other at the first meet in Dallas. So it's kind of like, okay, nice to meet you. Good luck in your swim. And you don't really know each other yet. So um, creating that cohesion, that team unity, and that um, support for one another was kind of hard at the beginning because you went Dallas, then Budapest, then you didn't see each other for a while, then the Derby. Um, but I think by the time we got to the Derby, everyone was a lot more comfortable with each other, knew um, that we were swimming for each other. Now it wasn't just me, me, me. It was, I'm going to go lay this out on the line. I'm going to try to get my hand to the wall. And I think the personal highlight was when Kathleen and I went one, two and the 200 back at the U S Derby. That was, that was an awesome race. And, uh, it's really, it was really fun swimming with Kathleen again and swimming right next to her because it just reminded me of college. And it's very funny. She knows how I swim that race. I know how she swims that race. So really playing off of each other and using our strengths together. I think that really helped us go one, two as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's, let's let's just go all the way down memory lane. You talked about your college career. Uh, we, I, I've interviewed you a handful of times during your college career. Um, do you, do you have a couple highlights that you could share from that? Um, because you know, like I was looking at 2019 NC's results and it's like the relays you guys had were just, dumb they were just so yeah, fast. they were they were dumb yeah <laughs> um no I think hands down my favorite race my favorite memory at Cal was that 200 freestyle relay by senior year um so 2019 NCAAs I remember we we were we were nervous um I I had been on that relay two times or all year every year we had won it two times Um, my junior year, we didn't win it. So it was a lot of pressure to get back and win it my senior year. 
And I remember Maddie Murphy was leading us off and she's very, very funny. She's a very anxious swimmer before she swims, but she's also like a confident anxious. So it, it, we're all very different behind the blocks, but we all know what everyone's going to be like so we can play off of each other. So Maddie's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm nervous, I'm nervous. And Abby's very much like, you're going to crush this. Like, we've got this, let's go. And Katie's like, yeah, let's do it. She's like super positive. And I'm like kind of in the middle, like I get nervous but I'm excited, all of those things. So really feeding off of each other. And then once Maddie dove in and hit that first 25, like we knew we had the race and it was, I think the dumbest part about that race was that our two last legs going 20 point. And I'm just like, yeah, like I think that was the first relay ever that had two 20 point splits. And it's not like the other splits were, weren't slow. They were super, super fast as well. So it was, uh, it was just awesome being on that relay and getting out and just, knowing like no one had guilt about that race all four of us stood up and was like we put ev we put everything into that race no one was like i'm sorry yeah, i messed this up we were all just like crushed it we did it that's what we've been practicing for and we did it for each other and just i that whole ncaa's was probably the highlight of my entire swimming career ever um i don't i just think it was so fun it was just the best meet it was certainly a fun meet to watch, to watch period, to watch Cal perform at. Um, there, I mean, yeah, like I said, just a lot of fast relays, a lot of fast individuals. Um, what a way to go out as a senior. Mm -hmm. um, so before Cal, you were at Carmel. Uh, again, all the way down memory lane, do you have a couple highlights from Carmel? Um, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. I think... <laughs> I think Chris and Ian, they were both um, the coaches there at the time before Ian yeah. went to Dynamo. I think their, one of their favorite moments with me was probably my first day of practice. I, so the reason I moved to Carmel, um, my dad lost his job. It was all kind of um, quickly moving to Carmel. Uh, it was like a whirlwind once we found out we were moving. And I actually moved on my 16th birthday and school started two days later. So it was really wild. I get to school, don't know anyone. I'm doing the whole what you see in the movies. I'm eating my lunch in the bathroom for the first couple of days. So I'm meeting people to sit with. Like, it's, it's really hard to move in high school. As I'm yeah. sure a lot of people have experienced. And uh, once swim practice started, I was making more friends. But I walked in and it was the first program that had ever given me the piece of paper with the whole workout on it. I had normally just been told as I'm going through. And I'm like scanning the paper, looking down, and I see like six five hundreds, <laughs> pretty much best average. And at this point in my swimming career, I was committed to only doing the 53, nothing else. I was like, <laughs> I'm only going to swim if I do the 50. So I remember turning back to Chris, handing him the paper and saying, I don't do that. And I will never forget the look in his eye. And the look was just this is going to be a long season, you know? And, um, you know, I, I obviously did the workout, um, for the first two weeks I was driving home from practice, stopping at the grocery store, grabbing an ice bag, um, going home, taking an ice bath every single night, super, super sore practices. There were gnarly. Um, but I think once I started trusting that program and really believing in what Chris and Ian were preaching, I, I definitely got a lot better in swimming and uh, gained a lot more confidence. But I think also one of my favorite moments was, I triple crowned at junior nationals one year. So 50, 100 free, 100 backstroke. And that was 
something that was our personal goal together that we had been working for um, that whole entire season and really just gaining the confidence and having the ability to be able to stand up again and again and keep racing and keep racing at that high intensity. So once that meet happened, I think it really put more um, confidence under my belt and helped my swimming career and going into college and um, now as a professional. Yeah. Nice. I, I can't imagine moving somewhere on my 16th birthday to so oh, where were you so living dramatic. before <laughs> i was i was in arizona so okay. most of my life i lived in arizona and then i actually flew by myself because my dad had been in indiana my mom was staying in arizona for a little bit longer um for some health reasons so i seriously i was in the window seat of the plane looking out like i was in an angsty teen music video <laughs> like i wasn't crying or anything i was just like what is happening right now i'm moving a yeah. basically across the country this is supposed to be my sweet 16 mtv this is not what you <laughs> this is not what you sh have shown me my whole life sweet 16 they're supposed to be really fun um but no it was it ended up being i think the most beneficial thing and potentially my entire life was having that move. Um, it helped me, it helped my swimming career a lot. It, I met a lot of great people and it really helped me when I went to college um, because I had already had a big move kind of in my life. It wasn't, I was in the same place my whole life and went to college. I had learned how to meet new people, how to do things on my own for a little bit. And yeah. What would you say like one or two things that, um, that really helped you get through that were, or that, you know, that, yeah, the, you know, that the really you learned from that experience that kind of helped you, as you said, um, when you moved on to Cal. I think the first thing is just when you go somewhere new, just to believe in that program. You know, it's not going to do you any well to get to a program and be like half in, half out, not giving it your all. I don't do this. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't do this. You know, I was very much like, I only want to be a sprinter. But when I started uh, – buying in and believing in the program and trusting Ian and Chris. I mean, I didn't do it easily. Like, don't get me wrong. I had a lot of practices where Chris would give me a workout. I'd be like, what is this doing for me? Like, why am I doing this? And something that was so amazing about Carmel were Chris and Ian would pull me out and tell me why they weren't mad. And I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. I was trying to learn more and figure out why I was doing this. So Chris had his giant chart in the office and he pulled me in and showed me the six week blocks that we were working in he's like if we're here at this part of the season then we'll come down and be a perfect taper and I was like that is a lot of numbers I'm just gonna that's you've got that you know I'm, I'm just gonna go in the pool now like I'll do what you said okay I'll do the uh, 500s <laughs> yeah so I think it was my biggest thing is just buying into the program you're wasting everyone's time especially your own if you're not buying into a program where you're at and giving it the chance that it deserves and I think number two is to kind of ask for help and be okay to not be okay every single day, you know, going to a new school when you're 16 and your junior year, all of these things are supposed to happen that you think are supposed to happen and they're not happening. And, you know, being able to vocalize, you know what, this really sucks, not knowing someone, but like, let, let me put myself out there and meet new people. And I've, I've made lifelong friends at Carmel high school and the swim team was super awesome being like, Hey, like come sit with us at lunch. Like come here. Like what are your class schedules? Like let's walk to class and show me around. So, being able to just reach out and be like, hey, like, I don't know where this class is. Do you mind taking five minutes from your time and showing me where it's at? I think those are probably my two biggest tips on moving or entering a new program. God, all I can think of is Mean Girls. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and they weren't mean.
mean. They weren't mean, but I was in that bathroom. It was so embarrassing. I was just in this all like. <laughs> Amy Bilquist, aka Africa. Yeah. Um, what are you gonna do? <laughs> that's. I mean, that's that's super cool. And again, the way you related it to like that big change that a lot of people go through in college. That's really cool that you were able to get those skills and get, be a little more prepared for that transition. Um, so, you, you know, again, you, you started in Arizona, you trained in Carmel for a while, you went to Cal, and now you're back in Arizona. Um, again, kind of those liberties you gain as being a professional swimmer, do you feel like, I'm, I'm guessing your, your training has changed, but do you feel like you have a lot more input in that now, or do you have... Do you feel like you have a better idea of what you feel like you need now? Yeah. And I think a benefit of, I mean, in Arizona, I was on a club team for a really, really long time called the Westside Silverfins. And it was yardage, 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 like grind, grind. We work, we work, we work. And then I went to Scottsdale and Scott for about six months before I moved to Indiana and Scottsdale was all sprint, 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 go as hard as you can. Like this is all out sprint. And then I went to Carmel and I think Carmel was a really good mix of both. And it really taught me what I need in dif- different areas of my swimming to help me race certain races, if that makes sense. So I think a lot of the time people think a 200 backstroke needs a lot of aerobic backstroke. And I have figured out for myself, I do need an aerobic base. Yes, of course. But if I'm training a ton of aerobic backstroke, my 200 back gets really slow because my tempo slows down. So for me to have a very good 200 back, I need to be training pace 200 back or pace 50s, race 25s. I need to be working at that tempo. But for my freestyle, if I'm trying to go a 200, I need aerobic. So it's just really finding those, finding what's worked for me in different programs and kind of making it this big equation now and um, hoping it works and seeing that it's working. So that's really, really nice. So I do have a lot of input at Scottsdale. Kevin's Kevin and Bob are awesome. Just being like, you're a professional athlete. Like if you don't want to do it, don't do it, but I'm, I'm doing it. You know, like it's very, it's not a lot of pressure, which I'm, which I'm really liking at this stage in my career. I don't feel as if I need someone over my lane yelling at me anymore. I'm self-motivated. I can do it. I know what needs to get done to be where I want to be. I just need someone there guiding me, helping me and like being supportive and really letting us, do this together yeah Yeah. which makes a lot of sense and again Mm -hmm. seems like one of the major benefits of being a professional yeah (laughs) nice yeah it's Um, it's funny sometimes i'm doing a different workout on the side and the club kids are like why does she get to do that and kevin's like she's 23 (laughs) you guys keep going (laughs) so it's funny her parents did not force her to be here (laughs) yeah (laughs) she drove herself (laughs) (laughs) exactly that is yeah. pretty great. What how, do you do? You enjoy training with with the high school kids when you do? Yeah, it's actually pretty funny. Um, I it was really really fun when prom season was kind of happening because they'd be like, "Do you like this dress?" And I was like, "Oh, this is like so adorable." But <laughs> for me, um, yeah, there's a lot of times where it's hard not having people my age there who are going through I'm, what I'm going through or or at that stage of life where I'm at. But at the same time, I think it really helps me keep things in perspective and not get too hard on myself and be like, you know what, look, like these kids are having such a fun time just going to practice, seeing each other, having fun. Like that's, that's what swimming is about. It's about having fun. So yes, this practice is really hard, but you know, let's like, I can chat to some of these kids and 
and help like just like listen to what they're going through in their life and kind of chuckle and be like I remember when I thought that was the biggest deal in the world and now it's like nothing you know so just really they're they're great kids and they work really hard so it's it's really fun to see them and mentor some of them and work with some of them and if I see something wrong with their starts they are like did you see anything so it's really nice to be able to guide them in that way as well uh that just reminded me of a story I think you told after 2019 nationals summer nationals i think you received some pretty sage wisdom from from some of those kids before your 100 back right oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah i remember i was so nervous before that 100 back i knew that whole meet that that was going to be my race i knew the 100 back was going to be the sweet spot and i knew backstroke was going to be where it was at my freestyle wasn't feeling great so um, leading up prelims, I was like, okay, just got to get a spot in the final. That's all you have to do in prelims, get a lane. But when finals was coming around, I was like, like this is, I don't know why I'm feeling so nervous. I'm really, really nervous right now. I haven't felt this nervous in a very long time. And I remember two of them are sitting next to me. They're like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm just really, really nervous. And they're like, why are you nervous? I was like, because I like, I want to win this. I want to do well. They're like, well, go win. Like you, you got it. So it, it was just really funny to, see their approach on things and they're like, well, just do it. Like, relax, go have fun type of thing. And it, like, for me, I, that was probably the best advice I'd gotten that whole meet, you know, I was really, and I wouldn't have expected it to come from 16 year olds, you know, sometimes 16 year olds have wisdom. Most of the time, not so much, but sometimes <laughs> there's something there, but no, I think it, it was just really awesome. And having them there for those moments when they don't even know what they're doing, like know what they're saying to you and just saying like, just relax. You've got it. It just, it really put my mind at ease and helped me perform. Nice. So 16 year olds, sometimes they know what they're talking about. They do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So, so to, to wrap this conversation up, moving forward um, again, a lot of uncertainty, but for you personally, um, what do you, do you have any goals in the next couple months? What are you looking forward to? What do you think, um, you know, this, this fall is going to look like for you. Yeah. Again, a lot of uncertainty, uncertainty, uncertainty. Don't really know what meets are coming up or if there's meets or anything like that. Um, I think for me, my biggest goal is kind of a day by day goal. It's just going to practice, enjoying it, having fun and putting my best foot forward, getting that 1% better. I think, uh, COVID and everything like this, the state of the world, the postponement of the Olympics has really put into perspective that I am so blessed to be able to be a professional athlete and to be able to go to practice every day as my job and to be able to love what I'm doing. And I really, I really want to enjoy the journey of this now. It's like, there's a destination. Yes. Who knows if the destination will be there at this point. That's okay. We're going to keep pushing towards the destination, pushing to get there and be great at that destination. But to really be enjoying that day by day journey. That's for sure my biggest goal. And it's not always easy. Some days are just like, what, why, or what am I doing right now? But to flip that, put it into perspective and be like, I just want to go have fun. I want to enjoy this. I want to soak in every last minute that I'm in the water and pushing myself to be the greatest athlete I can be. And I mean, that's as cheesy as it sounds. That's really my goal right now. Nice. I, I think that sounds like a great goal. Uh, it's, that seems good. But anyway, um, Amy, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.